my life hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Welcome to the future. Life is good, but it can be better. And why shouldn't it be? All you need is to want it. Think about finally having everything you always wanted. I can save today, but you can save the world. take what I want in return. Everyone will see. Born from lies. And greatness is not what you think. Just a trash can. It's just a trash can. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strengths of friendship one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast and iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damey Network. And to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamey.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamey. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, guys. How's hello. it going? What? <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Mark, you jumped the gun on that one. He got excited. Mark, say hello. Just, it's a big night. Let's talk about hello. great chemistry that we have. And now Mark, <laughs> at episode 115, has decided that he wants to shake it up, and he's going first. <laughs> I'm going rogue. Uh. I'm guessing Mark's excitement is the fact that we actually have a guest this week. And one of the things that we are initiatives of 2021 is that we wanted to start bringing on some people to kind of keep it fresh. And this week, we have our first one in that initiative. She's the host of Top 10 with Tia, who Dan uh, always plugs every week. And she's the head writer and content manager for Geek Vibes Nation. Please welcome to the show, Tia. Tia, how are you doing? 
What's up, guys? I'm super excited. It's really funny, as you were saying, we were talking about the chemistry, and Mark's like, you know what? No, today I'm going first. <laughs> I feel a little betrayed now, Mark. <laughs> As we start every episode, we've been talking about what we've watched this week. So, Tia, what have you watched this week? So, I'm sure you guys really haven't heard of this show because I just feel like not a lot of people have. But American Gods on Stars came back, so I watched the first episode of that, and I really liked it. And I've just been watching a lot of YouTube. I feel as if lately it's like... I'm the type of person that I don't want to kind of waste my time with something that I don't know if I like it or not. So I just end up watching the same shows and the same YouTube videos because I'm like, oh, I know that that brings me joy. I find myself just on my computer a lot, especially working from home. So I can't really have anything that distracts me. I find myself now, though, listening to a lot of true crime stuff, which it's like you're trying to type out things and you're listening to stories <laughs> of just people getting murdered. And it's like, oh, this is great. This is this is fine. <laughs> it's very relaxing. It's very relaxing. <laughs> exactly. All right. Dan, what about you? What have you watched this week? Well, I started off light. I started watching Naked Gun. Hadn't seen that in a while. Okay. And then I followed that lovely romp with Pieces of a Woman, which is the exact opposite of Naked Gun. Yep. It's probably one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. I was a Vanessa Kirby, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she kills it. She's great. Um, Shia LaBeouf is in it. He does well too. It brought me to think just like how I would love to root. For Shia LaBeouf if he wasn't a huge asshole yeah because he's a good actor but you just hear all these stories about him and it makes it really difficult to want that guy to succeed mm -hmm. but, I, uh, I really mean, for him at some point and then you heard everything that is going on with him and like man I felt as if you were redeeming yourself from the Transformers years and now this is happening and it really just takes you back yeah, he admitted to basically being a piece of shit like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I read, and this might have been the final straw, and you guys know about me and my affinity towards animals. He like went around L.A. shooting stray dogs to get into the mindset. This is what his ex-girlfriend was claiming, along with the abuse. I was like, well, I could kind of see that, because he's one of those method actors, the people who can't just act and do their job. <laughs> They have yeah. to get into the mindset. So I could see that being a thing, but um, I hope it's not. So I, I watched that. Uh, I was super depressed. And then I watched The Sound of Metal with Riz Ahmed, and mm -hmm. that was very good. If Riz Ahmed were to be, he should be nominated, I would imagine, for this. If he were to win it, I would not be upset because he's learning how to be or pretend to be hard of hearing and deaf and learning sign language and how to deal with it. He does such a good job with it. It's very convincing. Mm -hmm. And that led me to watching Whiplash drumming. And I watched Whiplash for the first time. I, I'm kicking myself for never having seen it before. It was so good. None of you guys told me to watch that. Man, I, I mean, I got my own things going on. You know? <laughs> You're too busy telling me to watch <laughs> Dunkirk. What about okay. you, Mark? Mark, yeah, what have so, you watched? Um, Chopping at the bit this week, Mark. Yeah, what do you so, got? Uh, you, better, you better bring it. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> I mainly did mostly with... Tia did, you know, I do my normal YouTube and stuff and Twitch, but um, Games Done Quick going on and rewatching that stuff. 
outside of Wonder Woman 1984, I thought about watching a movie. Does that count? I, I thought about tuning in to Tenant, but I, I didn't pull the trigger. Uh, it only counts so many times. <laughs> I mean, I spent a whole month of December thinking about watching Happiest Season and never pulled the trigger. So sooner or later, uh, you gotta commit, Mark. It, you're not missing out, by the okay. way. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but you're not missing out with Happiest Season. Okay. <laughs> I just have a habit of doing that because I get into other things I do, doing other podcasts and streams, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch this movie. Never do it. I actually watched this movie you know, that we're reviewing today all the way through, like when I should have been going to sleep to go back to work from vacation. So I may have been a little more tired near the end. So we'll see how my analysis comes out okay. <laughs> at that part. But yeah, that's, that's, that's basically all I've done. My typical not watching movies, despite being one of the three hosts of a movie podcast. Yep. Yeah. We're very, <laughs> we're very happy that you choose the, you choose the life you've chosen. Uh, <laughs> I haven't really watched this much this week either. I watched Mulholland Drive for the first time in a long time, which is oh, probably my favorite David Lynch movie. I remember, for some reason, I watched that with my parents the first time. So That's not a good decision. It gets very horny in the second half of that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but this time I watched it by myself, so it wasn't so bad. And the only other thing I really watched this week was my wife and I burned through the flight attendant on HBO Max. In two days, the uh, Kaylee Cuoco series on HBO Max, which was good. It was light. I like her in ha- in that she's not like a, necessarily a great actress, but she's like really good in that role. It's, like perfect for her. So it's interesting. I loved it. I uh, say, I, Tia, you covered that, right? Yes. Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt while Anthony was expressing his thoughts about the fly attendant, but. I loved it. As someone who watched The Big Bang Theory a lot, especially in the early seasons when I lived at home, and I don't know if you guys experience this, but when you're living at home and you're younger, if your parents are watching something, they're like, well, why don't you come out of your room and watch it with us? So that was that type of show. So to see her go from that character to the character she was in The Flight Attendant, I was really happy to see the transition. I thought it was great. She just does a, a lot of heavy lifting in the show. She, you know, was very focused on her. Yeah. So, I mean, there were like something like I hope in season two, we don't get as much of her being, say, in her head like she mm-hmm. was in season one. But besides that, I was I was really happy. And if it would have been just a limited series, then I thought it ended perfectly in that case. Yeah, I feel like season two is going to. I think they're going to fi- try and figure out what's going on with Rosie Perez. I feel like that's what they set up for that that yeah. season, too. But I like seeing Michael Houston or whatever his name is, show up. I always like seeing him pop up. Second Dario from Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was oh good. Oh, my God. That was him? I'm sorry. <laughs> I had no idea who that guy was. I was like, I've never seen that guy ever. Yeah. Wow. Okay. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him, he popped up on Orphan Black for a few seasons, too. That's where I know him the, the most. And then he's replaced the first guy that played Dario. And that's all I watched. From uh, Deadpool 1. Yeah. Yes. Is it? Mm. Yeah, he's the villain. Mm-hmm. Francis. Francis. I saw Deadpool 1 once. It was fine. But... <laughs> all right. Let's move on, Ant. All right. We're tired of your, your terrible takes on this podcast. <laughs> was it better than fine? I don't know. I don't, it is, it a, is it a hot take to say Deadpool was fine? It is a very hot take. A little bit of a hot take, yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if I said that a fine equals like a seven... You think it's better than, like, extremely better than a seven? I don't not know. extremely better. Yeah. But it's, so, it's not a fine movie. It's a good you movie. know what? I'll be honest. 
Not a fan of Ryan Reynolds. I don't think he's very funny. <laughs> if I was 14, I would think Ryan Reynolds is hilarious. I don't think he's funny now. Okay. You see, that that is that's a good argument to make. I get that. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is not for everybody. Yeah, but that's it. That's all okay. I want. So before we get into this week's movie, we're going to take a quick break, listen to some ads, and pay those bills. So we'll be right back. And welcome back. And now it's time to get into our movie of the week. This week, we decided to, because we this podcast used to be uh, trying to tie things into new releases, which then new releases all of a sudden stopped happening. But we, they started to go streaming. So we decided to talk about a movie that everybody's been talking about, well, at least within the past three weeks or so. And that movie is Wonder Woman 1984. It's the new DC movie. So... We're going to talk about where we come from as uh, Tia. We'll start with you. Where are you coming from? Wonder Woman, 1984. I think my expectations for this movie were super high. Not necessarily because Warner Brothers has given us any reason to have super high expectations with their DC movies. And not necessarily because I thought the first Wonder Woman was that great. But I'm telling you, that first trailer for Wonder Woman, 1984, blew me away. I thought it was amazing. When it first came out, I was obsessed. I kept rewatching it. I said to myself, this is going to be the best. It's going to be so good. It's going to just really be up there. I am pump, pump, pump for this. And then in Wonder Woman 1984 came out. And I actually watched it on Christmas Day at nighttime. I had gotten home from my parents. And I sat there and said, I have nothing else better to do. Let me put it on. And when I tell you that I was really disappointed and I think that I tried to justify the movie a little when I first watched it. But now that I've had time to let it sink in and really think back on it and then rewatching it today. I mean, God, I just you even mentioned, Anthony, before we started the show that there are a few things and I'll mention those as well as we go through the podcast that, you know, Like, to me, I really liked Pedro Pascal in it. Now, I know that his story was kind of loose, and at the end, it was kind of, you know, he wasn't really, like, a villain villain at the end of all of it, but I think that what Pedro Pascal was given, he did the best he could with it. Maybe I'm just apologizing because I'm a super huge fan of his, and it's not just from The Mandalorian. I loved him even when he was in Narcos. So I just think he's a fantastic actor, and I think that he acted circles around everyone in this film. Sure. Dan, what about you? I am in agreement with Tia. I, when I saw the trailer, I, I usually temper my expectations when it comes to DC movies, because you, you never know what you're going to get. It's usually not great. But, um, <laughs> so you kind of know what you're going to get. You kind of know. <laughs> I mean, I, I like that some people would die you know i don't get it but listen that's that's you and that's great um but i I had just watched it and i was seeing the reviews coming out for weeks so i really had low expectations it's like it can't be that bad the first one was pretty good save for some spotty cg and some weird choices like the, the third act for that movie was not very good so i said all right but still it's it's a competent origin movie it it would be like middle of the pack Marvel, I'd say. So seeing it even with lowered expectations, I was so disappointed in this movie. There's so many plot holes. The acting is very wooden at times. Just the like the MacGuffin of it, it's it makes no sense. 
and we'll get into it as we go along but i agree pedro pascal was fine i enjoyed him and i enjoy him in pretty much everything he does i think Kristen wig was kind of miscast really didn't need chris pine in this this might be a hot take i think he's the worst chris in hollywood <laughs> it's, it's not attractive chris, chris. chris pine it's chris pine <laughs> I think attractiveness. I don't think he's that, especially in this movie. He's not that good looking, in my Dave's opinion. Dave's very super thick. I, oh, super. Well, everyone's <laughs> doing it. Why can't I do it? Why can't Dan what, throw his what is it about What is it about Chris Pine that's just not revving your engine there, Dan? He's He has no shape. <laughs> he's just, he has super nice hair. And that's kind of it. So he's not thick. That's what. That's yeah. your big problem with him. He's not thick. Yeah, like all the other Chris's are just like you could bounce a quarter off their abs, <laughs> get a dollar back. But with Chris Pine, it's like you lose the quarter. It gets sunken in there. It's too flabby. Are you calling Chris Pine doughy? <laughs> Is he a dad uh, bod? <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's kind. He's rocking the dad bod. I don't, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> oh, look at it. Look at his arms. And they're they're like my arms. All right. He can't. He's probably benching but you 165. He's not, but he's not putting up good numbers. As Chris Hemsworth, number one fan, I don't disagree with you at all. But <laughs> but man, you're really dragging this dude through the mud. You're going further than I would. Well, he, like, he's, I prefer the other ones. Let me say he's a fine act. I enjoy him most of the time. Just looks wise. Everyone gives him the benefit of the doubt, man. I don't see it. <laughs> you know, and you know what it is? I, I get what's going on with one of the other Chris's, but we're talking looks here. Just straight up looks. And I think that I think the other Chris's have him beat by a long shot. Okay, so hypothetical situation here. You're at a bar. Yes. Chris Pratt and Chris Pine's giving you the eyes. You don't know anything about either of them. You'd rather go home with Chris Pratt. I would because and then he tries I, to convert you to his evangelical. <laughs> right. Yeah, but then the mor- in the that's the morning. In though, the morning, so. yeah, sure. Sober but, Dan's not gonna fall for that. Right. I just all I care about <laughs> is just resting on those ads, right? And he's probably he's much funnier than Chris Pine is. Sure. Yeah. And in the comedies that I've seen Chris Pine in, it's not great. Not I don't great. know if I've seen him in a comedy. Uh, what is it? This means war. Well, nobody looks good in that movie. <laughs> Not, well, not, it, not not literally. Tom Hardy. Tom Everybody Hardy looks, is... looks good in that movie, right. but not not anyone comes off good in that movie. So I mean, bottom line, Gal Gadot. Well, yeah. I mean, it's been seventy years, girl. Come on, get you gotta get it. <laughs> yeah. And then she holds on to it for another twenty years, thirty years. It's like Jesus, lady. Enough's enough, right? There's better Chris's out there. Yeah. Um, wasting what might be mathematically the most attractive attractive person in the whole world yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Gal Gadot. Yeah, it's and I don't like see scientifically it. just lines up perfectly. And and this is coming from a guy who definitely outkicked his coverage. Sure. You can do better. All right. <laughs> it's it's not worth it, Gal. It's not sure. worth it. But yeah, I I was not a fan of. It. All right, Mark. Same question. Would you fuck Chris Pine? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would do it for the story, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> if I had the choice. All right, Mark, what did you think about it? So I didn't see as much of the trailer as it seems like Tia and Dan saw. So going into this, it's just I just wanted to see it because of I actually literally followed the Twitter a roller coaster ride that went on on Christmas Day. 
I watched it go people counting down the hours until it got released. Then the first reviews came in about two and a half hours later, and it was like, ah, good. And then, then the whole thing fell off a shelf, <laughs> and it just started getting torn a new one for about a good rest of the evening. So watching that live happen, I was like, all right, at some point I got to watch this movie. And I was so glad when, when Dan suggested doing this, because it gave me an excuse to do it, to watch it. But going into it, I'll admit I haven't watched Wonder Woman since it came out, so I forget a lot of it. Um, as most DC movies tend to do to me. I was going in pretty much blind, like having no idea of any of the clues they were giving away for Chris Pine's character that apparently were happening in the beginning after she wished for him. One of the two major things that I came out of this with is one, I agreed with the one thing you brought up from Letterboxd, is that I would have much rather watch the two and a half hour movie of Chris Pine's character discovering the 80s than (laughs) this movie. Just because that was the movie that that made me smile the most. And the uh, second thing that I think we'll either have a deeper conversation later or get into, but I want to make sure I mentioned first out. There was no 80s music in a movie set in the 80s. And there were plenty of opportunities to at least slip something in. This movie could have taken place at any other point in time outside. The only thing that ties it to the time period of mid 80s is the whole theme of selfishness and this being a very Reagan era, Reaganomics, I get mine, you don't get anything sort of yuppie culture that was going on at the time. It's really the only thing that ties it to 1984. They don't sure. do anything else to really tell you the year. Like mm-hmm. there's no no music. They try to do it with the clothing and all, but you that was really nothing. That was probably my most disappointing thing in the movie is they didn't give you any fun tie-ins to the time period. So and, many and missed there, opportunities. And there's probably plenty of breakdancing or hip-hop songs, I can't think of one off the top of my head, that you could have put in when they showed the showed the dancers instead of just generic hip-hop music, which is what they put in oh. the Oh, no, they didn't. They didn't put generic hip-hop music in the breakdance scene. They're playing opera in that scene. And that's oh. one of the things <laughs> that blew my mind when I'm watching well, it back. Well, on the like, captions, it says generic hip-hop music. Oh, no. It's like... <laughs> It is, so they were lying to death people is what you're It saying. is royalty-free opera music. Oh, uh, boy. They, they have Hans Zimmer. Why are they doing royalty-free no, it, opera? It's probably Hans Zimmer's, you know, orchestra okay. or whatever. Like, <laughs> but it's, Can I, they, don't, they don't have to pay publishing rights to it. Just, like, real quick, everyone's take on this. Because I, I, I might ruffle some feathers here. Uh-oh. Yeah. Wonder Woman molests a man. Does she not? <laughs> it's hard not to call it a sexual assault. Yes. Because... In 1984, Ghostbusters comes out with a movie where Peter Venkman will not have sex with his soon-to-be girlfriend because she's possessed. This is yeah. essentially the same situation. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Tia, do you know what uh, I'm getting at? Do you mean it's because of the fact that Chris Pine's character is in the body of someone else? Correct. Is that where yes. we're getting at with this? Exactly. Yeah, I, I assume we were going to talk about that like when we got to because that was just so so weird to me because my biggest question is is that guy's like mind and consciousness shut off during that time i mean right. what happens to that actual guy <laughs> he's in the sunken place yeah. why, <laughs> like why oh. couldn't why couldn't that wish just appear out of thin air like all the other wishes do like yeah, like he's a mannequin that came to life right yeah. Right? They explained this in Mannequin. This could have been Mannequin 3 for for all intents and purposes. Like, I don't know. I was in a store and I'm wearing these clothes and there's pins on my back. I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. 
Right. And yeah. yeah, you're not ruining some man's life. What if that man was married? I was going to say, isn't he, though? Like, doesn't he have, like, a family? No, or no. He sleeps on a futon, so <laughs> definitely not. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it, the one guy wishes for his ancestral home to be delivered back, and a fucking giant wall shoots up. Don't tell me you can't just wish back Chris Pine's character. It's possible, all right? Yeah. They never explained why, like, he's in some other dude's no, body. It's just it so weird. No sense. And well, I guess it's the whole monkey's paw thing, right? Like, you have to be really specific or else you're going to get a fucked up wish, right? <laughs> I suppose. Maybe. It's uh, like, oh, well, your boyfriend's back, but he's in the bo- bo- body of another person, and now you have to deal with the ramifications of sexually assaulting this guy. And she accepts it, like, super quickly. Yeah. No questions asked. Like, oh, right. here's some random dude who says some vaguely familiar line. Right. He's yeah. my dead boyfriend. Now <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to your apartment and fuck on your futon. <laughs> that was one thing. I was like, why don't you just go back to her apartment? Yeah, it's. Uh, that's where my head. They is had at. to show that futon, man. <laughs> yeah. That that's a yeah. huge plot hole. <laughs> yeah. The music thing is such a big thing because it's yeah. this would make this movie so much better. Yes. Like mm-hmm. it's such a simple change. Make this movie 100 times better. That whole because you're Mark, you're right. The most fun in this movie movie is the let's have let's make over Steve Trevor scene and then him experiencing 1984 D.C. But it's not as fun as it should be mm-hmm. nope. because there's no there's no fun music behind his little like. A montage of changing. Yeah, like where's like girls want, montage music? Girls just want to have fun. I don't know yeah. if it's 1984, but essentially a song like that would make that scene so much fun, more fun. Because the best parts of this movie, like I didn't love the fact they brought Steve Trevor back, but if that means that you get to see Gal Gadot and Chris Pine play off of each other, you know that's the best part of this movie. Besides Pedro Pascal, who does a very ham hammy performance, but it's fun too. But you know what? I'll I'll have it, but probably should have been like. Ah, just resurrected. I'm back. Not, right. I'm in this guy's body. But, but essentially, it, probably a monkey's paw situation. Should have so been specific, Diana. You, however you feel about Captain Marvel, whether you hate it or you love it, at least they use the time period's music to the to its advantage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, you could have done something similar. Just Even in the mall scene when she's beating up those thugs, you could have... Whatever play, you can have anything playing, like a Van Halen song, like I said before. The, the album 1984 came out, so mm-hmm. you, you're telling me you couldn't play a Van, like a, a catchy Van Halen song? Yeah. Anything, Sweet. just to spice it up. The trailer had really good music to it, yeah. so why didn't the movie? I mean, the 80s are fun. The 80s yeah. have a great soundtrack, whether it's rock, whether it's hip hop, or you know, poppy sort of music. I mean, any genre has great music to it in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's one of the best decades for for music, I think. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So, Wonder Woman 1984 from 2020. Directed by Patty Jenkins, who directed Monster as well as the first Wonder Woman. Starring Gal Gadot is the pronunciation we're going to go with. Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, Robin Wright, Connie Nielsen. IMDb score of 5.5 and a Rotten Tomatoes score is holding steady at 60%. Budget of $200 million. And as of today, or yesterday really, worldwide box office of $132 million. So they spent $200 million, not a dime of it on music. I don't understand that. It really feels like it was somebody else's note. 
Like if there are scenes that feel like they're supposed to have music there, yeah. <laughs> like music you heard of before, and then it's just not. It's Hans Zimmer music. It's like, and that's part of the problem with this movie is like this movie is stupid. But there are times when it's fun and stupid, and then there's just times when it's stupid. I like mm. the fun and stupid scenes a little bit more. Like the first scene, the very first scene, Amazon Ninja Warrior, stupid. Scene after that in the mall, fun, fun. and stupid. It's fun. very Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And they t- almost try and turn Wonder Woman into the DC Spider-Man, which I'm fine with. You know, someone needs to be Spider-Man. Someone needs to be doing knocking out petty criminals. I'm cool with that. If it's got to be Wonder Woman, because... Batman's a sociopath in this universe and <laughs> Superman doesn't want to give it doesn't give a fuck about anybody in this universe then I guess it's got now it's Wonder Woman's turn I agree uh, the stark contrast between Kevin Feige and whoever is running DC was Jeff Johns somebody anybody Zack Snyder Snyder <laughs> the, the stark contrast is you could see how everything is so thought out meticulously in Marvel in in DC, it's you know, oh, Wonder Woman was in World War One, and then in Justice League, you went into hiding, or no, Batman v Superman, you went into hiding all these years, except for 1984, which everyone just plain forgets somehow. So she didn't go into hiding all that time. They're stumbling ass backwards into things, you know. It's it's just it's so problematic when you contradict yourself in these movies. Like, oh well, you know, that's not canon. This is what's canon now, and this is what we have going on. For God's sakes, they're working on a second universe. They can't even get the first goddamn universe right. <laughs> I think that's what's so frustrating, because Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, they transcend just comic books. They're modern mythology. I think Warner Brothers, I, again, I think they kind of stumbled into Wonder Woman being good in the first one, They like despite themselves. Because from what I heard, the studio kind of wanted to cut some scenes that would have helped the movie but yeah like this was such a huge missed opportunity you're building off of arguably your biggest character in your expanded universe all right i think that's time to take a break but tia do you want to plug your own show this week (laughs) (laughs) i get a break that's all well i appreciate you dan for doing this all the time i very 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 much do um as Anthony introduced me, I do the top 10 with Tia, me and my co- Tia, well, me and my co-host, Brittany. We do our podcast every Sunday and we just come up with top 10 lists. We just recently did the top 10 worst movie sequels, which was a lot of fun. So we'll have lists like that, top 10 best couples on screen or we even do actor spotlights and if we like a show we'll do highlights from that season like i mentioned american gods earlier and we'll definitely do a top 10 best moments from american Gods season three so you can check us out on on any platform that you listen to podcasts and of course you can find me at geekvibesnation.com uh, and you can find me on our YouTube page Geek Vibes Podcast so just make sure you check it out give me any suggestions that you have let me know if you have any ideas for any top 10 lists and yeah just make sure you check it out thanks guys <laughs> alright great and we are going to take a quick break but before we do we're going to take a minute to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast so we will be right back 
Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in Philly and I'll see you boils and ghouls over there. And welcome back and now it's time to get into the plot for Wonder Woman 1984. We open on Amazon Ninja Warrior, an entirely too long scene in which Diana as a young child competes against fully grown Amazonian women in some sort of biathlon or triathlon or decathlon, something. Through most of it, she's in the lead and then during the horse race sequence, she gets knocked off her horse so she winds up having to take a shortcut in order to catch up with everyone else. She tries to win, but Robin Wright prevents her from finishing, I think. I don't know if it was her or Connie Nielsen, but I don't know. And the moral of this 11-minute scene <laughs> is that I you can't cheat. think it was cheat. Connie Nielsen. <laughs> and the moral of this 11-minute scene is that you can't cheat to get what you want, which is the moral of the film, but this is an entirely too bloated way to tell this moral, and we'd get it even without this scene. Can you imagine uh, being bested by a child? You're a fierce warrior, and you lose handily to a child. Yeah. That's not I just good. the sun. Yeah, you should be you should be kicked out of Thermo. Where are they? Mascara. The mascara. Yeah, they, you should just be kicked out. You you've never been forced to play Roblox with an eight year old. <laughs> I started the scene liking the scene because you know I'm all about women supporting women, right? So I saw it and I was like, yeah, blah blah. I love this. But I think as Anthony just said, it went on for way too long. It could have been five minutes at best, but the fact that it just kept going. And I think that that's the scene, apparently, that Warner Brothers originally wanted to cut. And Patty Jenkins, like, fiercely was determined to make it so that wasn't cut from the film. Yeah, I mean, I hate to side with billionaires against a millionaire, but uh, I see their point. I really yeah. do. Sometimes this... they get it right. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I would like, I would love to know why she thought this was so important because the moral of the story is, well, you shouldn't cheat. I was like, great. You know, show her in Amazon elementary school and she cheats on the test, you know, <laughs> something that's three minutes long and that's probably you... cheaper. You could have spent all the money you spent on the graphics for this you could have spent and bought, you know, a simple minds song. You, you still could have just shortened it down. You didn't have to do all of these crazy obstacles. You know, you do it where, all right, you know, she's, she jumps through some of the things she rides the horse quickly and it gets knocked off like immediately. Yeah. Not have her running through the entire Island to do it. Like, all right, yeah. we, we get it. It's such like a, a, like a 50 yard dash. Right. <laughs> It's such a roundabout way to tell us that something that we all know cheating yeah. is bad. That's the whole thing. It's just it's like just such a generic platitude. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's nothing groundbreaking here. The, the first Wonder Woman had a pretty good message. It was you know like 
even though man is in its heart, it, they're a, a warlike creature, there's still love there. there. There's still some good. And that's so much deeper than cheating is wrong, Diana. Don't cheat. Yeah. Yeah, this whole thing is just about the truth is better than anything. I don't know. She has this whole <laughs> diatribe at the end, which is like, again, it's just it's generic platitudes that's, I don't know. <laughs> Moving on, because yeah. this this movie moves on, and now it's the 1980s, and we see some leg warmers, 80s advertisements, and an obvious scam artist named Max Lord that does doesn't not look like a 1980s era Donald Trump. And Wonder Woman <laughs> is sticking around DC, stopping petty crimes, which honestly I'm okay with. I don't mind that. <laughs> we then cut to another scene that feels like an opening scene in an entirely different tone. A team of thieves hold up a jewelry store in a mall. Which also has ancient artifacts in the back room, which I thought was weird. I'll have you to check. You don't remember? I would say you don't remember uh, the Freehold Mall having the, the Lost Ark and all that. There are like four jewelry stores in every single mall. It would make sense that they're laundering stolen artifacts. <laughs> That'd be great. That's the plot of the next Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta go take over this K Jewelers. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain why the Cherry Hill Mall is still open. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have like a bunch of uh, Monets, lost <laughs> like stuff from World War Two that the uh, the Germans stole. <laughs> stolen, the stolen artwork. Yeah. It's stupid. It's goofy. But I prefer this opening scene to the previous opening scene. It's so 80s with the mall and all of that. I mean, it was fine. I thought that, as you said, they glossed over the fact that there was just this room full of like ancient artifacts, like really quickly. Yeah. It felt like we we needed more answers to that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So they try and steal. They try and throw one kid off the, the side because he doesn't want to go back to prison, which if he just kept running to probably <laughs> have a better chance. But It escalated very quickly. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That one dude with the flat top haircut just like screaming at the one dude. No. Yeah, well, what are you doing that for? <laughs> That's not going to help things. Because he drops the bag of loot, too, in order to grab that kid. <laughs> I'm not going back to jail, but I'm going to hang this child over the uh, the second story balcony. Like, what does he think is going to happen to a guy that drops a child off of uh, off the second floor of a mall? Not go to jail? Go easy, yeah. <laughs> Again, just something that wasn't probably not thought through all the way. Yeah. yeah. And all the actions of that guy throughout the entire scene show you why he ended up in jail in the first place. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're bad at your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So she rounds them all up and then drops them on a cop car for no specific reason. Kills them, essentially. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't kill them, apparently. Yeah. I mean, they could die from internal bleeding. We don't know. Sure. But they are alive when we cut away. It's really kind of hard to destroy the top of a car. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not easy. It is three guys. So maybe, you know, that's 600 pounds, let's say. Okay. You think you think that that does the trick? Yeah. And from that height, yeah. No more, no less. <laughs> Do you guys, like, wonder why Wonder Woman was there? Like, did she know? Did she did she hear things? Did she hear rumblings oh. about this sort of robbery? Was she in the mall, like, shopping and then She's decided to, like, TVs. change or something? That she got all those be... TVs in her closet, which she oh. said she doesn't own a TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that, you know what, there you go. <laughs> so, that scene sucked so hard. <laughs> because it was so underwhelming and and chris pine's character was like oh my god this is i for a second i swear to god i thought they were gonna make like a uh, a bat cave joke <laughs> yeah 
look at all these 13 inch screens <laughs> right oh that was so underwhelming so underwhelming there, there's a few scenes that are very uh like they, they they're supposed to hit hard and they do not land yeah she should have brought him to like a movie theater wouldn't that have been awesome yeah would it 1984 yeah. like would have been 1984 uh ghostbusters i guess or whatever warner brothers came out with that year just big you know, screen full color you know what they should have done they should have copied stranger things verbatim mm-hmm. that and that would have been more fun by right? running around in the arcades. He he could have been doing a, a flight simulator at the arcade. Oh, my goodness. Why am I making this better now? Yeah. Stran- Stranger what... Things just knows how to do 80s like yeah. cheese perfectly. Whereas Wonder mm-hmm. Woman 1984 wanted to do that 80s cheese, but it just came off tacky. It didn't come off fun. It didn't come off nostalgic or anything. It was just like, wow. I never want to go back to the 80s, even though every other like movie and TV show makes you want to go back to the 80s. And Wonder Woman 1984 is like, thank God we don't live in that era anymore. <laughs> Maybe that was Patty Jenkins' real plan. Right. Hey, guys, this is what it was really fucking like in the 80s. <laughs> to destroy the what? 80s. Just snap those Stop. rose-colored glasses in half. <laughs> Stop deifying this time period. It sucked. <laughs> Reagan ignored the AIDS crisis. Right. <laughs> Not, you mean you like, mean not Reagan? It's like oh, we'll Patty, that. maybe maybe Wonder Woman is not the movie to air these grievances. About. Right? Yeah, because because when you think Wonder Woman, you think the '80s. That's what that's what comes to my mind. This movie really should have just been a sequel to like Justice League. It really should have come out after that. Yeah, I don't know. The things that I don't hate about this movie is kind of in that world of when they almost get it right. Like everything with Steve Trevor learn in the eighties, like kind of like mirroring what he did for her during the World War One era. That's the stuff that I would want to see more. Like like Mark said, it's like that letterboxed review. It's a hundred percent right. It didn't need to be two and a half hours. One hundred percent. Hundred minutes. This movie could have been light and breezy, just a small story told. I would have been fine with that. I agree. I agree. And then she goes home and she still pines <laughs> for Steve Trevor. Which is the most unbelievable thing in this movie. <laughs> it's been 70 years, and she knew him for maybe three weeks. And she's Gal Gadot. Like, <laughs> she hasn't found anybody that was his equal. He must have laid the pipe really he, good. Like, we're thinking like 11, maybe? Minimum? <laughs> yeah, had to have been, right? <laughs> Just like an all-night sesh. I mean, there wasn't any other, like, good-looking guys, really, that, you know, like, I know Dan was hating on Chris Pine a little before in his looks, but, I mean, like, in between that time and 1984, I mean, really, was there that many good-looking dudes out there? I think, you know, her standards were just too high. She yeah. saw Steve Trevor, and she was like, I can't do better than that. He ruined I mean, her but Paul Newman was in the 60s. But that's I mean. true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, hey, Luke. You're right. <laughs> if there was a twist that she had a oh, tryst so with great. Paul Newman, that would been perfect. That would yeah. that would clear all that up. Oh, well, there was the 60s and Paul. And right. Like, <laughs> over over dinner, uh, that late that early dinner with uh, Barbara, just talking about, oh, well, I, I Paul Newman in the 60s. I guess it would uh, show that she was like 90 years old or whatever she is. 150, and that would it, raise some questions. So that, that brings up a good point. How long can you keep the same job without anyone noticing that you never age? <laughs> right? Because she's been she's been an archaeologist or uh, whatever the hell, and no one's ever said, like, yeah, like, you've been here for literally ages. <laughs> it's like uh, your, your, your badge is looking a little old there. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's the another same. thing. 
also every every guy and as tia said like there there wasn't any good looking guys i think every guy in this movie other than steve trevor is a total creep oh yeah there's when not goes, one nice person when she goes to the gala i'm like oh i totally understand why she doesn't like to go to these things <laughs> <laughs> to be fair that's probably what really happens to her everywhere she goes like hey oh my god it's Gal Gadot. Yeah, yeah i get that it happens yeah, to me every um... every time <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's Dan Aquino. Uh, the, the only thing I was confused with with the aging thing is when does that stop? I mean, because they clearly show her as a small child. It's the same with Superman. It's like it's, <laughs> he ages and then all of a sudden he's 30, 28, and then he, he just stops. <laughs> he's that age for 100 years. I would I would even take the explanation of they age normally on the island, and once they leave the island, they stay that age. Sometimes you just got to give me a throwaway line. Sure. <laughs> just, just, just one sentence. It's a two and, and a half like, hour oh, movie. All right, I'm in. We're already busting the scenes for the runtime, Mark. We can't, we can't no spare. Time. We can't no spare one line. <laughs> and then he wanted it to be three hours. <laughs> oh, there you actually, see. She knows. She listens. <laughs> it's actually the opposite with the thing. Yes. <laughs> but, um, it's the reason why we don't do two and a half hour movies. Yep. And then she goes and gets wine drunk at a restaurant by herself like a real weirdo. Now, listen, I will defend that. Okay? <laughs> so, this is I'll great, defend that. Now, now we have a, a, a female perspective. We, we've never had that before. <laughs> and then we meet Barbara Minerva, who's a geek, and she starts a job at the Smithsonian and maybe wants to bang Diana. She, oh, like, she definitely meet. does that. That's not even a maybe. That's not even a might. She saw Diana, and as soon as she laid eyes on her, she was like, oh, you want to go for lunch? That that wasn't a, no, I'm sorry. That was not a casual, hey, we're both girls, let's be friends type thing. That was serious, that was a date. Serious doomy vibes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. Did you guys feel with Barbara's character, by the way, that it was very much like, um, you guys saw the movie Not Another Teen Movie, right? The main character who has glasses and a ponytail, and they're like, "We're gonna give you a makeover," and all they do oh, yeah. is take the glasses off and the like. That was Barbara's whole thing. I was like, "This is so cringy." Her yeah. her transformation is astoundingly goofy. It's it, Cheetah in the comics is supposed to be like Wonder Woman's equal, essentially. Yeah. And at no point did I ever feel like, "Wow, this is a formidable foe." This is. I just looked at her and I was like, yeah, like I feel like she belongs in the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you guys don't understand. When you have 2020 vision with us, we're just automatically cooler. So when you get cooler, you your vision gets better. It's just what happened. Yeah. Again, another Spider-Man moment, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. When she's like, anymore. oh, conveniently don't need my glasses anymore. As someone who wears contacts, I'm like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> And then also she's wearing eyeliner. That's a thing that, you know, you get when you make that wish to mm-hmm. be. I want to be just like Diana. Eyeliner, leopard print, boots, thigh highs. Like, yeah. Apparently all she needed was a good stylist. She didn't even need a wish. She just needed someone to teach her some fashion yeah, tips. That's really <laughs> all it was. Just And I'll be fair. In that dress, she looks great. She yeah, looks great. no, she looks fabulous. So then why not? That's all you needed. Just do that. She didn't have she didn't have the confidence to rock mm-hmm. a dress and heels like that. Nope. So only upon the wish does she have the confidence to even try something like that out. 
So they look over some artifacts. One in particular catches their eye. Not really sure if it's real or fake, but the Latin inscription says something about granting a wish. And we see Diana do that mile-long stare. That means she's thinking of something. And then some guy wishes for a cup of coffee and he gets it. So they start thinking, oh, maybe this is a thing. Then Diana feels bad for Barbara being such an unbearable nerd that she invites her to an early dinner. They go to dinner. They do the whole, you're the pretty one. No, you're the pretty one thing. And then she talks about it. And then that's the end of dinner. And that's the end of that chapter. (laughs) This is like one of those other movies you watch where like, and that scene happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She talks about Steve, talks about how being a pilot. And then dinner ends, and then Barbara's good heart is rewarded by being nearly raped in the park. She's <laughs> saved by Diana, who pushes him about 30 yards across the park. And then back at the Smithsonian, Barbara wishes that she could be just like Diana. He says she can wear heels and a dress. Yes. Yeah, that's... She's just so cool. That well, scene I, I... also was like more proof that Barbara had a crush on Diana because she's like, I want to be just like Diana. Sexy. As yeah. fuck. <laughs> right. It, it, it's not like kind or anything like that. It's just, yeah, I want to be just like super bangable. Yeah. The wish should have been just, I just want to fuck Diana once. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to experience that. And the next morning, Barbara wakes up and now she's super cool. She could walk in heels and men notice her. And then she gets introduced to Max Lord. He says he's a wealthy donor interested in touring the facility. Then Diana comes in and immediately sees through Max's smarmy charisma. Yeah. Oh, can I go back for a sec? Yeah, now sure. that I'm thinking about it. Isn't that whole statement, by the way, not your statement, by the way, that I want to preference that, but that whole sentiment, like a vaguely sexist, not to like bring that here, me being the woman or anything, but like your value as a woman is being noticed by men. Yeah, like, Patty, problem. let's do better here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and fair, you know, yeah. She's, she's supposed to be advocating for strong women and you're automatically having one of your characters that that's what she wishes for is to be noticed by men it's 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 a little contradictory but their whole relationship and the reason why she becomes cheetah is sort of sexist too it's like because she's jealous of essentially is the is her whole motivation she's jealous of diana's beauty and her men are attracted to her it's a very weak motivation i think it's a weak motivation and also like this is how my brain goes where i'm looking at like two-sided where it's like that's weak right but then at the same time it's like listen plenty of girls could probably relate to being like really nerdy and wanting to be seen more and all that and they're essentially in this movie punished for wanting to be more than what they are like they want to be visible and it's like well you know you shouldn't have that that's punishable i don't know now that i'm like thinking about it (laughs) no i i agree because it's it's essentially you're you're just saying the really the only good thing about your main character is that she's so pretty and not that she's a kick-ass warrior and and she's her weakness is men right chris pine uh steve trevor is her weakness well you know, it doesn't really ring true of the character, the actual mm. Wonder Woman. In, in the comic books, she's not always pining for a man. She's kick, she's out there kicking ass. She's, you know, she's going toe-to-toe with Superman. So yeah. it's, it's just strange. I, I agree with you, Tia. I still feel like her wish should have been to get to Diana. Hers should have been more about maybe the island and her people than this this guy she met 70 years ago or whatever, you know. Yeah. It could have been literally anything else. She wants that life-changing dick, man. <laughs> right. That, I had him for that one night. I need that night again. 
You don't know how many disappointing lays that she has had in these decades. Like That's true. since then, she's like, no guy is as good. I'd like to have that again. I guarantee you, she's she hasn't had sex in that many years. Wow. I guarantee it. So she's probably just like it's probably dusty and just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I, I feel like there's had to be like a period of time where she was just like, oh, well, let's play the feel. That's the depression. Get oh. some of that banker dick or something like that. <laughs> during the depression. Not working she out for back. her. She went back to the island during the depression. Like, <laughs> and then oh, maybe it, it, eventually she's like, nah, no one's no one's comparing. And then she just started that shrine. And then she was never getting anything. Even if she wanted to bring a guy back, this dude sees like a shrine to Steve Trevor. And he's like, oh, I'm out. You're hot. You're not that hot. Where <laughs> right. she went and. All of this would have been solved if she just would would have went and bought herself something that requires batteries. Yes. Yeah, and she just breaks <laughs> them every time. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Not again. No. <laughs> she is so powerful. Her her thighs just crush whatever it is she has, and like nothing can with, withstand. There's no plastic in the world that could withstand Wonder Woman's uh, mighty... <laughs> climax <laughs> she, she tries to go back and return it and say like this did not do what it was advertised to do and they're like lady this is our top selling product here my dog got to it my dog <laughs> my dog broke it again <laughs> she's, like, titanium. she's the one that started adam and eve that's what it was i think <laughs> she needs to walk over to nasa it was like i got a i got a problem you gotta figure this thing out right yeah like what's the strongest metal you have that makes me worried for steve trevor though like yeah. if she's breaking oh, yeah because <laughs> yeah. and that that kind of brings it to the uh the mall rat the mall rats uh conversation is someone strong enough to handle superman mm. now is there a mortal man who is strong enough to handle diana and right. i I can't imagine that being so because, you know, in the throes of passion, you sometimes you tend to, you know, lose control. And with someone who can lift, she's in, in comic books, she's been able to move universes. I feel like you kind of have to be careful with the guy's member. And I don't know if she has that finesse. Max Lord goes back to his office. It's all a facade. His company is failing at best. At worst, it's a Ponzi scheme. And he gets called out by an investor right in front of his kid. I think it's really upset when someone calls him a loser. Sorry, it's like someone we know. Diana goes to the donor party even though she didn't want to, and it's abundantly clear the reason why she doesn't attend these sorts of events, because all the men just are half-masked watching her walk by. And Barbara gets the same attention when she walks in. And we get a fake Frankie Goes to Hollywood song. As we mentioned, this is one of the biggest problems with the movie, the lack of needle drops. Max meets up with Barbara and tells her that they should go somewhere more quiet. And they go into her office and Max offers to have the stone looked at by some people he knows. And then they fuck and he st- takes the stone. <laughs> Do they? Is that, I guess it's implicated. Headcanon in my head is that they yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah, I think they do. Like, why wouldn't they? I think they right? Right. right. I think he totally, like, did that to, you know, get the stone and... Barbara was feeling all confident and everything, which, again, falls into the trope of don't step outside your lane because this is what happens. See, I like this. I like how you're you're kind of bringing it to that other that that next level. We we probably would we would have made jokes about it and just sounded like a-holes. <laughs> no, you guys are fine. And then some dude approaches Diana at a party. And surprise, Steve Trevor has possessed some random guy and has tracked down Diana. And as we mentioned, this is problematic at best. So Diana and Steve go to this rando guy's apartment and fuck on his futon. 
Max, meanwhile, takes the stone back to his office, and he makes a very complicated wish of becoming the stone, which, man, pick something else. Just be yeah. like, I really I really wish my oil derricks would strike oil, and then boom. <laughs> he becomes Jafar. He becomes the wish master. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's even better. Yeah. He, he essentially wished for more wishes, yeah. except he can't make those wishes. Yeah. It's so lame. <laughs> so, i like the monkey's paw storyline of this whole thing like i'm i'm with that i don't like yes. that he becomes it i thought that was a little silly but if this whole movie was about like this guy basically gets like a monkey's paw and he tries to basically take over the world that it's a silly stupid idea but it like it sounds fun i'd like to see that movie here is just like everything just really just amps up out of nowhere, or there's like just bedlam in the streets eventually. Yeah. yeah. You would think that wishes are going to contradict other wishes in the world, right? Someone's going to wish for world peace. Another person's going to wish for more nukes. So what what happens there? Eventually, Everybody gets so, what they want. But then you don't get world peace. There's a conundrum. There's a paradox. Take it up with the wishmaster. I don't know. <laughs> I, I will. It, from the trailers, I thought that his character was going to have some sort of trickery sort of powers or something like that. I mean, that would have been kind of cool, almost like an illusionist such as Mysterio or something like that to make Diana believe that Steve Trevor came back. That's how I really thought it was going to go. But this direction was so weird. As you guys are saying, Jesus, talk about going to a thousand quickly Mm -hmm. instead of just wishing like, Hey, I wish my business was no i want this mysterious stone that i know really nothing about to absorb into me so that other people can make wishes and i can grant them but on my behalf what it's not a well thought out plan (laughs) (laughs) which is why his business was failing yeah there's a guy that's running a ponzi scheme he's the authority on good ideas that's a good point so then barbara goes to the gym and realizes that she now has superpowers and then Max goes to pay a visit to Simon to get him to wish for his money back, which in turn comes with the price of a tax evasion wrap. Then we have a Steve Trevor dress-up montage, which should be fun, and Gal and Chris are, are fun in the scene, but the lack of soundtrack here is deadly. And then he, she takes him out into modern 1980s DC, which kind of works as kind of like a mirror to her going out into World War One era. But then they see breakdancers and they play opera over it, so it stops working. <laughs> yeah, it comes to a screeching halt. <laughs> it's like, what are they dancing to? Right. <laughs> Show oh, us, damn Maria. it. <laughs> Cla- uh, Claire de Lune. <laughs> then Max goes back to his office and the phone's ringing off the hook. The oil wells have struck oil. And the receptionist wishes for more help. And then more help comes. And Barbara is just so cool. She doesn't even need her glasses anymore. <laughs> I like that segue. <laughs> <laughs> this person wishes for help and then barbara's so cool <laughs> she tells diana that she gave the stone to max lord so diana and steve go to max lords and he's swamped with people cars police they sneak into his office but he's not there but they realize that the stone is very powerful and that max is on his way to cairo this is the scene correct me if i'm wrong where diana picks up the ring that's left from the stone and reads it and she's like it's the language of the gods right yeah Tell me that that scene just wasn't, like, so vague and cringy. It's like when you're writing something and you're like, Psh, I don't know, and then they went here or something. It's just, it felt so, she's like, oh, my God, it's the language of the gods. I don't know what god, though, but it's a god. It's 
definitely a god, a bad one too. Yeah. And it's Before like Before it was Latin. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's very <laughs> powerful, whatever it is. Yes. So powerful. So I just thought that was like really cringy and like poorly acted. To your point, Tia, instead of having the Amazon Ninja Warrior, why not give us a little insight into the god? Yeah, who right? is responsible for it? Right, like like how they open up with Wonder Woman, the, the first Wonder Woman about Ares. Like there's, they give the whole mythology. Why not give the mythology on this wish fulfilling god? I think that would have been more interesting than watching a child beat grown people. Almost, yes, a cheating child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I didn't like that scene. <laughs> so they go to the Smithsonian, which has a fully fueled aircraft and a runway. And Steve jizzes his pants every time he sees a different one. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I like how... Uh, so, as we all know, World War One fighter planes and jet fighters are basically the same thing. I mean, one if to you know one. How to, yep. Yeah, if you know how to fly one plane, you could fly them all. Any, any pilot will tell you that. It's another huge plot hole where, oh, I can fly this. I can definitely fly this. And he can fly it somehow. It, all these gadgets and the computer technology that is so vastly superior to World War One technology, he's able to master it in a matter of seconds. It's definitely something I've thought about. I don't. It doesn't make me like or dislike this movie more or less. But it's just but something it, that's it, glaringly it just like, weird. Yeah. I was also thinking about yeah about how fast this thing was going or the lack of speed it had when it was flying over DC. But that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what gets you. Not that he is able to fly the jet plane that is 40, 50 years, 60 years in the in the future. It's all branches on the same tree, basically. Sure. sure. <laughs> he just can feel it, man. That's why he right. can fly yeah. it. Smart guy. Oh, that, God. That, guy, that one astronaut guy dressed up in a uh, spacesuit at uh, the Air and Space Museum gave him a pamphlet. I'm sure that was how to fly a jet. He was just vibing with that airplane. Oh, I hate that excuse, too, that he gives. It's just the wind and being connected <laughs> to it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> People spend their entire life trying to fly these things. It's not that simple. It's a billion-dollar piece of technology. It's just the wind, though, man. Just connect with it, dude. Yeah, tell it to JFK Jr. <laughs> That's for my Q peeps out there. You know right. what's up. Yeah. Now, oh, if we start getting message from them, we're in trouble. <laughs> I blame you, Ant. I'm being cynical at the scene, but it has a nice moment of them flying through the fireworks. But it should have an 80s pop song behind it. Yep. It's about that I kind of disliked this scene with the fireworks. If that scene was in any other place in the movie maybe it would have worked for me but the fact that they're literally trying to escape authorities and it's a really stressed intense scene and it's like let's take a moment let's look at fireworks it that kind of took me out of it and they're talking about how they need to get to cairo like super fast but we we have enough time to take a detour <laughs> let's go sightsee and i don't want right. to take it away from you anthony like you oh. can definitely like that you know it's just for me at least as i saw it i was like that would have been like better if while say diana was taking steve on a tour earlier if they went into nighttime and there was fireworks and they saw it maybe on a bridge or something mm-hmm. yeah no it's fine you're we're allowed to disagree but you get one per episode now you gotta agree <laughs> okay. now you have to agree with everything else <laughs> damn it i used it up <laughs> You're forgetting one thing, Tia. Uh-huh. They're yeah. invisible. That's why they can. <laughs> That's true. This is the invisible jet. 
<laughs> and I like how they just like all of a sudden she has the power to do it out of nowhere. She's That's tried before, man. For, Come on. Oh, I'll be, she was doing for decades when she wasn't getting laid. Right. Yeah. Practically a lot of time say, on her hands. I will say one thing. I actually liked how they introduced the invisible jet because it kind of made sense instead of just it coming out of nowhere. It's like she has to figure out how to avoid radar and everybody knows this thing is coming. It feels so tacked on. It's like, oh, wait, forgot about radar, but I know how to turn things invisible, so we're fine. They had to introduce it at some point. I think they did it in the best way possible. Sure. This scene does have a great line reading from Chris Pine is when she explains the idea of radar to him. And he's like, well, shit, Diana. (laughs) (laughs) They just start arguing in in the jet. So she turns the jet invisible, but they're not invisible. I think I think they are invisible. They well. are, but she doesn't specify that. It's a two and a half hour movie already. You guys need explanations for everything. This is ridiculous. It's in comic book. Yeah, you don't know us, man. All right, we need that stuff. I demand it. As a comic book fan, I demand these things. Not everything needs an explanation. You're right. So they fly to Cairo. Meanwhile, back in D.C., Barbara nearly beats her attacker to death. Max in Cairo makes a deal with an oil baron who wants to wall off the city from intruders and then takes the guy's security detail as payment. On the way out, it just so happens that they drive past him on driving on the other direction, so they didn't really even have to do any sort of detective work or anything. It was a happenstance drive past. So Why did they get rid of the jet, by the way? I don't know. How <laughs> did they get rid of the jet? Right. Yeah, yeah the, the invisible jet just fucks off after this. <laughs> yeah. He forgot where they parked it because invisible. Right. Yeah, we have a jet, but let's take a fucking cab. <laughs> Diane puts on full Wonder Woman regalia, and then they try to stop the convoy and Max, and there's a car chase with tanks and shooting. Eventually, Diana has to save a couple of kids playing in the street like a bunch of idiots, and Max gets <laughs> away. But it looks like Diana is losing her powers. Diana makes a call to Barbara, and she said she's found evidence of the stone throughout history, and it always leads to the collapse of civilizations. They do more investigating once Steve and Diana get back to the U.S., and they find out that the wish always takes something from the person that does the wishing. They decide they need to renounce the wishes and stop Max from granting more, and Barbara is upset of this and storms off. And then we cut to Max, who all of a sudden his health is now deteriorating, which is not a thing that they really ever explain, which obviously it's because it takes something from people that make the wishes. But to the point where he gets, he keeps making people make wishes for him that benefit him, to the point where he gets a meeting with the president. All at the expense of a son's love. The makeup job for Maxwell was kind of cool at this point to show his deterioration. Like, the bloody eye was super unsettling the entire mm-hmm. time. I think he does a very good job of portraying that pain that he's constantly in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I really like that. I thought it was like super obvious in the scene where they're being explained the whole thing about the stone. And they're like, you have to have people renounce their wish. We have to destroy it, whatever, whatever. And Barb was like, no, no. <laughs> and, and and Diana, like so calmly is like, she's right. Like, yeah, what? Yeah. you don't even know what you're agreeing to. Like, does Diana at this point not realize that Barbara made a wish too, which she yeah. obviously doesn't. But it's like, how do you not know at this point with that type of temper tantrum that only a five-year-old <laughs> would throw? It's like Kristen Wiig going SNL character at that point. No! No! <laughs> oh, my God. That's my piece there. <laughs> So Steve tells Diana that she needs to renounce her wish, and she says there's got to be another way. And so she looks at 
closed circuit TVs that she has in a closet, and we foreshadow the golden armor. Then Max has a meeting with the president, who asks for more nukes, which is probably very accurate, and yeah. shows off some magic technology involving satellites that can beam into any piece of technology, more or less. So Max wants to go to there, and he does. But then Steve and Diana show up, and Diana uses her lasso of truth on a bunch of people, and Steve punches a few people out. But eventually, Max gets away, thanks to Barbara, who is now more powerful than Diana. She fights to keep Max in the gift-giving business. Max escapes with Barbara on a helicopter. And then shit just starts going nuts almost out of nowhere. Absolute pandemonium in the streets. Steve tells her she has to renounce her wish, and she cries about losing him all over again, but then she does. She gets her powers back. Then she flies, or really uses her lasso to swing on airplanes. And then Max and Barbara make it to the secret broadcasting location, but in the helicopter, he asks her what her new wish is, and she basically says, I want to be a cat, because <laughs> that's a wish. An apex predator. <laughs> right. Such a bad line. <laughs> saying I want to be an apex predator does not equal I want to turn into a goddamn cat. Tell <laughs> me, kitty. <laughs> and how does she get a second wish? I thought that right. was the thing. You only get one wish. So how is this her new wish? I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah I, I thought the same thing, too. She had her wish. Unless it's like one of the things like with the magic the genie's bottle, if it transmutes to someone else they get like everything set right. resets because max didn't grant her the wish the, right the stone it's the only explanation but he also kind of just hand waves it he's like i'll give you another wish he right. literally says that on the helicopter yeah so it's a little iffy i'll say it's because the script says it right we gotta get cheetah in there somehow so <laughs> this is how we do it yeah it would be cool not... if it's like a slow transmutation of her not Ooh, just body automatic. horror style. Yes. She wakes up one day, she's got like fur. Yeah. Like really long nails. Like sa- right. the Santa Bang. Claus. Santa, Santa Claus style. Right, right. Like she could make that wish. Like I want to be, you know, I want to be like Diana, but I want to be fierce or whatever. I want to be an apex predator. And then just like every day, slowly, the, the fur comes in. The it's like a Lon Chaney Jr. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, the fangs and all that. That would have been awesome. But no, it's well, just like, we have to shoehorn in Cheetah. It would have made more sense if we had seen her at some point even studying big cats, cheetahs, lions, and studying how they hunt and all that, as opposed to her just wearing... Like, she became Carol Baskin for a second, and that's (laughs) the reason why now she's cheetah. So it it really doesn't make sense how that even got to that point. There's a throwaway line where Gal is wearing cheetah print high heels yeah like, the oh, first time I like they, they meet each other yeah so that's how she becomes a cheetah oh, that is so lame actually it was on, it's on the cutting room floor but cheetah's catchphrase was supposed to be hey you cool cats and kittens every time she walked <laughs> in the room Grr. yeah then yeah then tiger king came out and they're like god damn it <laughs> what are the odds <laughs> damn you covid <laughs> We were supposed to be first. <laughs> so Max and Barbara make it to the secret broadcasting location, and the government gives him free reign over the airwaves. Max tells everyone in the world that he could grant them all a wish. So everyone just starts wishing for things. We're throwing out the fact that he used to be able to only be able to grant wishes when they touched people, but now now we're just throwing that away. Well, because this is the particles. metaphorical. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's the throwaway line. Well, the particles are touching. I was thinking to myself, "Fuck you, movie. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you." Trying to explain away something that and, we have dead to rights with. <laughs> and, and also, 
he's beaming into everybody's TV. I mean, there are parts of the world that are sleeping at that time. Not everyone runs on U.S. time, That's so true. you're not getting everybody, buddy. So it's kind of like people are going to wake up like, what the hell just happened? Like, oh, someone was granting wishes all night. Oh, I guess I must have missed that. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right. Yeah, so, some people are, you know, they're getting ready for work the next day. They don't, they're not up all night. So, you know, just, again, kind of That was a no really sense. good day to be an insomniac. <laughs> right. Some so they, of my favorite wishes were the one guy earlier who wanted a farm and ended up getting, like, a farm in the middle of, say, D.C. or something like that. And then the one guy who's arguing with a woman in the coffee shop, and he's like, I wish you would just drop dead. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wow, she really just fucking dropped dead. <laughs> yeah, that, that back and forth was great. I was going to mention that one is where she yells, like, I wish they get all of you Irish off this island. And then he goes, well, I wish you would drop dead. And then both things happen at the same time. Yeah, like, like the freaking ice is there picking up all the Irish, all the Irish people. And- yeah, it just out of all the wish granting scenes, that was the one that was like, oh, that's that's actually pretty good. Having it be in a conversation that you would have every day with someone sure. without realizing the complications mm-hmm. is what I think made that scene stand out. And that would just yeah. be me doing my normal stuff of reading way too much into something. I also feel like the fact that it was Irish people, that was a workshopped one. They're like, what can we do that's right. similar to this? That's, that's not okay. like that's OK. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> We can't yeah. we can't be uh, talking about protected minorities here. What can we say? <laughs> right. right. Well, yeah, they, they hate the Irish still. Right. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then so everyone starts wishing for things. People drop dead. People ask for bombs, depending on your ethnicity. And then Diana shows up with her golden armor for not any particular reason, because she already yeah. has her powers back again. So there is no point to this except for fan service. You would think, why would she have the armor? Right. That's her people's thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, why was it specifically given to her? Yeah, I, I don't know. And why didn't she use it in World War One? And what was the <laughs> postage on that sending it to her? <laughs> right. well, I, maybe I misheard or maybe picked up on something that, that you guys didn't hear. But yeah, I think she said she found it. No, you they know. show wow, it. So they, they show it at the beginning. What, the it's, armor? Is that? Yeah. Did I skip ahead? They have all of the Amazonian warriors, like, crowding around it. I think it's Connie Nielsen talks about how the goddess yeah, was I, I, like righteous and fair. Alice, not that. Well, I forget the name of the. Uh, yeah. It's not important. It's literally means nothing. Linda um, Carter. Linda Carter. Yeah. How she <laughs> was righteous and she was a, like a good warrior and good person. Yeah. Yeah. So they, the, they show the armor. Yeah, but I thought Diana said something to the effect of she stayed here in the land of men. I went looking for, and all I could find was the armor. I guess, yeah. I mean, it's still on the island at, uh-huh. at the beginning. Diana explains the story to to Steve. Yeah. That's when we first hear the story of the armor and what it symbolizes and mm-hmm. how it helped and all that. I like how they fight Zack Snyder's uh, Spartans, by the way, in that. <laughs> <laughs> little, nice little nod to Zack. Always got to have Zack Zach around. <laughs> yeah. Got to get the fan service in for the, for the, the fanboys. Thanks, Release boss. The Snyder, <laughs> Thanks, the boss. Snyder cut. <laughs> yep. It's coming. And then she fights Barbara, who's now a cat lady. Conveniently the only scene in the dark in the whole movie. Yes, good point. Yeah, it's, it's so ugly. Yeah. This whole scene is so ugly. Everything yeah. else is super bright, and this is just gray rocks. It's like day for night. It's like those yep. like 
outside at like two o'clock in the afternoon. We're like, hey, we'll just throw some filters on it. We'll just <laughs> smear blue all over everything. That, that's Patty Jenkins looking at the final cut. God, that looks like shit. Make it dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's Cheetah. Ugh. <laughs> that's also why she's wearing the armor. So you only get like glimpses of Cheetah through the armor. Right. Oh yeah. What a what a waste of the armor. It's used as a shield. Eventually, Diana manages to electrocute Barbara to subdue her. Meanwhile, Max has stepped into the signal, screaming his head off about wishes. Then Diana tries to appeal to him, but to no avail. So she lassos the signal and manages to appeal to everyone in the world about the power of truth and love and gets everyone to renounce their wishes. And then Max realizes that his his son Alistair is still just wandering around D.C. So this is his save Alistair moment. Remembers he has a kid that he just left in his office and runs away to save Alistair. And he might just get off scot-free. I think he does. <laughs> just like he, he lands back in D.C. and there's no one there to greet him other than his kid. So Yeah. I mean, technically, if everyone renounces their wishes, does it happen, right? I think it does, right? Everyone know. has that. I think everyone still has that memory of their wish. Everyone remembers it, but it did it happen. So, like, if, oh, if you renounce like their the, wish of yeah. dropping dead and then the person comes back to life... That person never really legally did that person die. I think that's attempted murder. (laughs) That's a good point because you you can you could get arrested for attempted murder, but could you get arrested for murder? I don't think you can. Probably not. I think it would be attempted. But like we see like the bombs that get dropped go in reverse, right? And it's like undone. So like it just stopped. It goes like kind of like put that bullet back in the chamber. More right? Do we? Everyone gets a mulligan kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. This, I think that also, would make sense. This is also a weird point, but did anyone think it was like strange that his son's name was Alistair? Because Alistair's like a demon in the Bible, which oh. not to get like that way, but I, I just thought that was interesting. Like, why are you naming your kid after a demon, man? That poor child. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty shitty name. Plot twist. He's a villain for Wonder Woman 3. Bam. Boom. Yeah. They were just setting it up the entire time, and and Tia cracked it. (laughs) You could pay me now, Warner Brothers. (laughs) So in some way, there's a shiver down Patty Jenkins' spine. (laughs) Oh, someone figured it out. They got it. And then it's Christmas, and Diana sees the sex doll she used to have sex with Steve again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they make eyes at each other and have a short conversation and go their separate ways. I then we get a cameo if, with by Linda Carter. I was just saying, I wonder if like maybe she takes him home and like like this time you're gonna remember what? And then they just go into it. <laughs> I thought they were gonna go on a date or something. I really right. thought that's where that was leading. <laughs> I, I mean, all rational people probably thought the same thing. Like, oh, okay, she's gonna date him and it's gonna be super awkward. Like, I bang deep. Like, yeah, she's like, oh, I know that futon. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, you like it when I do this move. Like, oh my god. <laughs> How did you know? Yeah. And and that's the end of Wonder Woman 1984. It's very meh. It's it's bad. It's yeah, it's not it's, great. It, it has like the the moments that are supposed to like really hit don't hit. Like her flying for the first time. Some mm-hmm. people were like comparing it to like, oh, that's like that's when Superman learns how to fly. Like, no, it, it's really not. It's when Superman learns how to fly, that's him discovering his origin. This is just I'm really sad and I remembered Steve saying, like, harness the wind and now I can fly. Eh, it's not that powerful. It, that's not powerful. Her showing up in the armor isn't powerful because like Anthony said, she already has her powers back. She really didn't need the armor to beat 
Cheetah. It's a lot of missed opportunity. I liked Linda Carter's little cameo, just because, to me at least, it kind of felt just little perfect. She just really, like, still at this age, like, still embodies, I feel like, Wonder Woman. I, I thought it was a nice little scene. To me, I was like, that's kind of better than this whole movie was. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it just to see Linda Carter. Just for that. <laughs> she's still a babe. I love Linda Carter. I think she's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. No, she looks great. I don't really have much more to say about this movie. We've talked yeah. a while. We've said our piece, I think. Unless, Tia, unless you have anything you wanted to add. Can't really think about it. Again, I know I keep, like, praising Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Again, I just think that he chewed the scenery. Like, even that scene with as ridiculous as it was with him just like going ape shit and shit's flying everywhere just him just going absolutely mad with power to me just seems so cool like if you could have just transported that performance into a better movie just and given him like a stronger villain reason of what he was doing i thought that that would have hit so much better yeah i agree all right you guys want to plug your shit you can go first. Oh, thanks. Okay, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, TC underscore Stark. As I said before earlier in the show, I do a podcast called The Top Ten with Tia, where me and my co-host Brittany just do top ten lists every week, and it's a hell of a lot of fun. We typically go for like an hour and a half, two hours, so if you feel like shutting off the world and forgetting all the craziness that's happening just listen to my podcast you can find it on anywhere you listen to podcasts and as well as our youtube channel geek vibes podcast these guys are on it as well and yeah i had a hell of a lot of fun this podcast thank you guys so much for having me on i really appreciate it and make sure you give these guys all of the likes and subscriptions thank you we're glad to have you on here. But Dan, what do you got for us? Uh, th- I, that's hard to follow up, man. Thank you so much, <laughs> Tia. It, it was a lot of fun having you. I'm glad that you were our first guest of the, the new year. I am at Diaquino122 on Twitter. I also run the Stranger Damies Twitter. Uh, so that's at Stranger Damies. So we're still uh, we're on the hunt for 1,500 followers. We're getting there. I think we're at like 1,450. So uh, we're, we're inching ever closer to that next milestone. Good yeah. work. And to uh, keep the theme of the show, I almost jumped in before Dan started talking. So <laughs> <laughs> We have our D&D podcast, Stranger Damies, which is taking a little bit of a hiatus, but it does air every Wednesday when it is coming back. We'll probably be either just starting back up or at least a week or so away uh, by the time you listen to this. So just keep an eye on the Twitter. It's at Stranger Damies, as Dan mentioned. We're on Instagram as well. We have our gaming podcast, uh, Game Vault Pod, that airs every other Monday. So be sure to check that out. It's Game Vault Pod on all socials and including our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod. We uh, stream five out of seven days, I believe. And also Jen has uh, started streaming Dead by Daylight on her personal channel, which is Roxy Foxy on twitch so be sure to go over there as well if you love the dead by daylight content that we provide okay thank you and that's gonna wrap it up for this week we are they call this movie you can find us on all podcast streaming apps just by searching they call this movie we're the main name.com that's where you can find our main site and on all socials just by searching the main damey so that's twitter facebook and instagram at the main damey it's not all socials but uh, 
but whatever. Maybe one day we'll be on TikTok. We are also proud members of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all socials and podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. The top 10 with Tia, us, a bunch of other great shows. If you're into geek stuff, there's surely a show that is right for you. That's going to wrap it up. If you have any questions or comments, you want to suggest a movie for us, hit us up at themaindaming at gmail.com or on Twitter is where we can find us. The director of Wonder Woman 1984 was Patty Jenkins. So for Dan Aquino, Mark Myers, and Tia, thank you once again, Tia, for coming on the show. Great to have you and hope to have you on again. This is Anthony Del Vecchio telling Patty Jenkins, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? 